tune in to Africa Business Radio on www.africabusinessradio.com. Find us on Facebook, Africa Business Radio, and on Twitter, at Africa Beast Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Hello, 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 everyone. It's a Wednesday, and it is 3 p.m. my time, which is time for EJ Africa on Africa Business Radio. I'm Kudzai, your host, each and every Wednesday. Now, we all know that EJ Africa, which is the show you're listening to, if you don't know what you're listening to, is a show that gives actionable information for women in business. We give um, information like funding, um, opportunities, mentorship and a whole lot more of amazing business opportunities that are out there for you in Africa. Now, to this show today is going to be focusing on literature and, you know, book publishing and what you should know if you want to actually publish your own book. Um this show is for entrepreneurs, women in corporate, and women aspiring to get into business. It offers information on opportunities, mentorship, and the ins and outs of running a business in Africa. And the ABCs today, it's going to be about self-publishing versus traditional publishing. For all of you guys who are out there trying to write a book, what should you choose? The opportunities in the publishing industry. And we are joined on the phone by Chinwe Okoli, a Nigerian author and entrepreneur and a youth mentor and finally we give you digital publishing platforms available for you remember to follow us on twitter at africa biz radio like our facebook page africa business radio and always use the hashtag ej africa i'm so excited for today's show and i hope you guys are ready for all the information that i have Welcome to EJ Africa on Africa Business Radio. As you know, this is me, Kudai, your favorite Africa Business Radio host. I know. And we're just going to dive into um, what is self-publishing and traditional publishing and, you know, pros, cons, what might work best for you. Now, we know that most authors in Africa are being drawn to self-publish their work, but how many of them actually understand what self-publishing means, as well as the pros and cons um, of taking on such an exercise? When you finish writing your book, you inevitably face the question of, you know, should I self-publish or should I go the traditional route? Um, should you be chasing agents or just, you know, upload your book to Amazon and get on with it? This is a difficult question, and I hope that we'll be able to answer it for you today. But before we go into the details um, of this, you know, whole publishing thing, I know a lot of people debate about this. Let me just say this. You, it doesn't have to be one or the other. You don't have to really say, okay, I'm just going to self-publish until I die or I'm going to do the traditional publishing until I die. Do what works for you. You can, you know, interchange, you know, do whatever you want. Uh, many of today's successful authors actually went both ways. And this is actually called um, hybrid. Um, they're actually called hybrid authors. So, and they have published their books traditionally and self-published, sometimes the same books. So someone can start off with a self-published book and then maybe an agent approaches you and says hey let's go bigger with this thing or maybe you decide to go bigger and um, you end up going the traditional route so it's not cut in stone whichever way you look at it it's you know the right solution depends on what you want to do so I'm going to start with the one that everybody knows 
um, or at least that everyone has heard of because it's not quite accessible to most of us in Africa. And this is traditional publishing. And some of the pros of doing this, obviously, is the prestige and validation, okay? So I know a lot of you guys, when you set out to write your books, you're doubting, you wonder if it's good enough. You know, you, you're not sure if people like it, will people want to read it. It's so hard when someone says, I'm writing a book. And I know a couple of people who've told me, oh, we're writing a book. And I'm like, okay, can I see one chapter? It's like pulling teeth because, you know, people, it's like your baby. No one wants the world to see and then judge how you think or what you want to do. So if you're going the traditional publishing route, the, the fact that someone actually said, okay, I'm going to put money in this, I'm going to um, print and distribute this for you, and then, you know, we come up with a deal, it's it's great validation for you as an author. You feel like, okay, at least I, I'm making sense. So if if you go through this process, that's the first big thing that you know goes on well and even if your book doesn't go well or sell well at least somebody thinks it's great you know you have that comfort of okay you know it didn't sell well but you know this person's quite popular in the publishing space and they thought it would do well so I guess it was kind of good um the second advantage of going the traditional route is um it makes printing and distribution in bookstores easier this is what traditional publishing is extremely good at. It's their best model. A sales rep would go around the stores and make it very easy for book buyers to select the books that they like and, um, you know, pay later on an invoice. So they have relationship as relationships as well with bookstores. So it's much easier for them to get their foot in the door. Other than you with your little box of books, you're coming, you're asking exclusive books to put you there. It's a process. And most of the times they'll say no because they also prefer working with um, reputable agents and so on. So this is a great advantage. You know, if you really want things to be easy for you when it comes to putting your book in a bookstore then maybe think about going a traditional route and you'll also get an ex established professional team to work with and these are editors cover designers formatters a marketing team you have everything you have everyone to work with you so you don't have to do everything yourself as you do in self-publishing where you have to be the marketer you have to be the writer you have to be the designer sometimes and definitely have to be the editor which is not safe if i should just say because you need another set of eyes you need a team you need people to brainstorm around your book it makes it you know bigger you come up with ideas that you probably never even thought of yourself and the most important um, pro about this, I guess maybe I should have even started with this one, is there are no upfront f financial costs, okay? And you get some sort of an advance. So instead of you spending money upfront, you're getting money upfront when you're doing things with a traditional, um, traditional publisher. You don't have to pay anyone. And if someone actually asks you for money, which is quite common in the publishing space right now, if someone says, hey, um, yes, I'm a publisher, pay me 10,000 Rand, and I've seen this a lot lately, that's not a traditional publishing deal. No matter what they say, they're not a traditional publishing, um, traditional publisher. These guys are called vanity publishers, and I'll talk about them a bit later. And, you know, when you're dealing with a uh, traditional publisher, they pay you 
um, an advance. Now, some of you guys might say, okay, let me not get an, a big advance and then get um, royalties later because it's not just the money that they give you up front and it's done. You also get a percentage of um, how much your book makes. So it, it varies. Depending on your publishing deal, it's about um, 7 to 25%. It all depends, and your advance can be up to ten thousand US dollars. It really all depends on the publisher that you're working with, and this is quite a big advantage because at least you write your book and you know you're going to get money for it if they want to sign you on. And it's also quite easy to get um, literally prizes um, and acclaim and all of that when you're doing traditional publishing, and. You know, I'm not saying that indie publishers don't get awards and all these things. They do, but it's just that when you're dealing with a traditional publisher, the marketing and PR that goes into your book is next level. So you're most likely to be um, found out by the media. You're most likely to be found out by um, judges for certain awards and on and on. And it's quite easy to become a brand name author. Okay, so... If you're, if you're really good at your writing skill and you stick to your publisher, who, who is also very good to you, then it's quite easy for you to become a brand um, because they put in all this work and they know exactly what they're doing. But on the flip side of this one, we all know how slow it can be. It's an incredibly slow process. So you have to wait. You have to send out your manuscript and then you have to wait for them. You know, it could even take a year or two years for an agent to get back to you. And then after they do get back to you, they can take another year to come up with a publishing deal or six months. Or You know, all in all, it can take three years for your book to be published. And this is a very, very long time. And also this is where your money runs out. Um, because if they accept your book and they say, okay, we want to sign you on, we're going to give you an advance and blah, blah, blah. And then you get this money and then you start spending it. By the time your book goes into the bookstores and then people start buying it and liking it and the royalties come, they don't come after every sale, okay? Know this as well. It's not the whole someone swipes your book, royalties coming to you directly. No, they're given out in certain batches at times. So, and this could be like 60 days later. So it's a long process and sometimes you even lose control of the creativity of your book. Um, you get low royalties and, you know, you don't have a lot of marketing help. It depends on the agency. Some of them are not that great when it comes to um, marketing your books. Now, let's look at the self-publishing way. So th this one is quite great if you want to get out there, you're patient, you don't mind. But when you want things to move fast, you want your book out there, you want total creative control of your content and your design, then maybe you should think about being um, a self-publishing author. And many authors who are in traditional publishing are switching to self-publishing because it's quite hard to, you know, have someone dilute your idea because a, pu a publisher gets into your book, you know, they tell you, edit this out, edit this, why don't you write about this a little bit, you know, shift it this way. They put in their input and it's not a hundred percent authentically yours. And a lot of people might have a problem with this and say, no, I want everything to be me. I want the cover to be me. I want the writing to be everything. I want it to speak to who I am as a writer. And that's fine. It also empowers you as a, as a 
right? So to always be on top of things, to always have the knowledge to do what you want and, you know, flip things around. Do you want to sell on Amazon? You just, you know, click a button, you're doing it. You don't have to ask for permission from your publisher because, you know, you can't do some some gigs or, you know, some signings at times without your publisher's approval. And this annoys certain people. It depends on the contract that you have. And definitely if you're publishing on your own, you have higher royalties. And this is a plus for anyone because remember, you're not giving a certain cut to your publisher. So whatever's coming, it's coming to you, especially if you've paid off all your costs. Some people will make deals with their printers and say, okay, I don't have a lot of money right now, so I'll pay you a certain amount and the rest um, we can split the royalties that will come from my book from Amazon sales and this and that. So those are the only costs that you might have. It's, It's actually not that bad. And you can sell by any means in a global market and retain the rights. When you're self-publishing, because it's yours, you know, you're not um, sharing anything with anyone. And this is quite a big advantage to a lot of um, self-publishers. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about vanity publishing, because I see it a lot, especially in South Africa. I don't know about other parts of Africa. Um, You guys can let us know. But I see this a lot. People posting and saying, I am a publisher. And when you ask them, they'll tell you, pay me a certain amount of money and then I'll publish your book. This is not what how traditional publishing works. And you should think twice about this. A traditional publisher won't ask you to pay for publishing your book. Okay. And when it's a vanity publisher like this, you have to really check them out. See if they're trustworthy companies. See if someone... um has worked with them before, what their experience has been, where you can find them, okay? Paying somebody to publish your book might sound great for some people and could be viable because um, you might think, okay, I can just pay this person 10, 15,000 rand and I get my book. It's much cheaper than maybe what you are going to pay because you don't have relationships with printers and so on and so on. And it's even better if that package includes editing and design because you might just be a writer, not a designer. But don't sign your copyrights to anyone who asks you to pay. So read that contract really, really well. Never sign your copyrights to these people because what you're doing is a better service. So you're paying them to design your book, to get deals at printers. And it depends on your contract. They might also throw in some marketing in there, but that doesn't give them um, access to the copyrights of your book because you're paying them for the service. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. For a traditional publisher, you're not paying them for anything. So they have to recoup their money, which is why they take royalties from your books and have some rights and on and on. But when it's a vanity publisher, you're paying them for the service and then they deliver and it's done. You know, lock and go. It's already done. So don't ever sign away your copyrights to these people and always read the uh, the contract really well and check for references. Because some people will tell you I publish a book, but they don't. They'll tell you I can do design and the cover of your book, the whole design and layout of your book is crazy bad and they don't even edit it well. The editing is bad. There are a lot of typos. No one likes to read anything with typos. So make sure if you're going to go down this route, you're going down with a reputable company. I'm not saying all of them are thugs or, you know, con people, but 
just be very careful. Now, I hope this gives you a clear picture of what is out there for you if you're looking to publish your book. The cheapest way to do it would obviously be to self-publish. But I would recommend you partnering with some people. Um, if you're just good at writing, just stick to the writing. Find a company that you can work out a deal to market your book. Find someone to edit your book. If you've got a friend who likes reading books, you know, it doesn't even need to be a company. If you have a friend who loves reading, like me, um, you can ask them to edit your book. You know, just, I don't know, look for people who can help you make this work. And look for a designer who's really good at what he or she does and make this a proper project. Don't try to do everything on your own. Don't try to design your book cover on Canva. If you're not good at using Canva, just just don't because you won't sell the book well. And that's really not what you want. So that's all I have for our ABCs. We're going to go on a break. And when we come back, I'm going to give you some opportunities for people looking at the publishing industry. Not that they want to become authors, but because they want to make money off it and want to get into the publishing business in one way or the other. Stay tuned to EJ Africa on Africa Business Radio. You are listening to Africa Business Radio. For up-to-date insights on the African business landscape, log on to www.africabusinessradio.com. Your favorite shows are available as podcasts. Download them on our website and mobile app. Africa Business Radio. Towards a profitable Africa. Welcome back to EJ Africa on Africa Business Radio. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio, and always use the hashtag EJ Africa when you're talking about the show. And now we're going to get into the opportunities in the publishing industry. Now, Africa doesn't have an established publishing industry, and this can be a, an opportunity to entrepreneurs with knowledge of publishing. There are many ways to make money from the increased number of readers on the continent because, you know, they say black people don't read. I dispute it. We read. We just read different, I guess. Mm -hmm. So you can find a way to make money off of this. The very basic and obvious probably way to get into this industry is to just get in, start a publishing company. We don't have a lot of traditional publishing companies, which really sucks because we are getting a lot of authors. You know, people want to tell their stories. People want to write about their cultures. People want to write about their countries. People want to write about their past, their point of view at certain times in history. And a lot of these people don't have the support that they need to make their books a success, to make their books accessible. And this really bugs me. And I feel like we should have more publishing companies coming up. Um, we're getting more vanity publishers, which I'm not 100% sure of because I, I don't know. Let me not judge, but I'm not sure how well they they. Uh, market and put someone's book out there. Maybe they do it well. I guess you have to really look. But there is still a market for publishing companies, especially throughout the continent. A lot of people are writing. A lot of people are doing cookbooks. You know, so many things are coming out of this continent. But we're not really seeing it in the bookstores. There's still a lot of Western books in bookstores, ETC. So, because there's no one publishing it. So, this is something that um, you could think of if you have the capital and you have the know how, do this. You could also start a bookstore for African authors. 
Now, I would be one of the people who, you know, are always there. There is one here in South Africa that I, I discovered on Twitter, and it's my absolute favorite. It's it's called um, African Flavor, and it houses African authors, which is totally amazing because we need our space in the market. You go to these CNAs and, you know, the I'm not bashing CNA, but... You go to all these other bookstores and most of the things there are from the States, from the UK. And then you find Kalito Kona with um, African African authors and African books, which is such a pity because this year I dedicated it to reading books from the continent. And of course, I read some books that are not from the continent, but I made sure it was books by African authors or books about Africa. And guys... We have talent and we just need somewhere to just put it out there. So if you love books, if you're a reader, maybe I should I even do this. I should start a bookstore. That would be nice. Yeah, I'll do this. So do a bookstore. You can offer editing for self-publishers. Like I was saying, you're a writer, but sometimes you're not a good editor. I'm a great editor. I hate writing. So it's it doesn't come hand in hand. Just because you know how to edit doesn't mean that you, you know how to write or love writing and vice versa. So you can offer editing for self-publishers. And this is quite simple. If you like reading and you like correcting people's English, we see you on social media all the time saying there and all this. Well, put your, your, your like for bashing people's English to good use and edit people's books. It's so simple. And you don't even need a lot for this. You don't even need any capital. I think you just, you actually just need your laptop. Not I think, you just need your laptop and Microsoft Word or anything that works like Microsoft Word and your publishing. You can um, also design covers and layouts for publishers and self-publishing authors. So you can do this if you're good at design. Now, if you want to start your publishing company, but you don't have the money to do everything, you can partner with these people. You know, the editors, the designers, you with the publishing background, throw in a printer, get another bookstore. You have a network. So you can offer um, design services if you're a designer. You can even make it a niche thing. You know, everyone's a designer these days. Everyone knows how to design. You know, they're free design tools. So you can do this as a niche. You say, oh, you know, I'm a designer, but I only design magazines and books, you know, something like that. It makes you stand out and also gives you some money. If you own a restaurant or a coffee shop, it could be used for book readings or signings. And this brings in people to your business. You're in the publishing industry, but you're also, you know, still doing your food business. Every Saturday or Sunday or whatever day of the week in a time, you get people to come and there's some readings and some signings and some artsy stuff going on. Great way to to market your business. Also great way to contribute to the publishing industry. If you're in marketing and PR, you can create a service to authors or partner with publishing companies. So you can offer book PR um book marketing. It's all about finding a certain niche that will work because a lot of people's skills are much easier to gain these days. I can take an online co- course and I'll tell you that I'm a PR expert. So you have to find a way to make to set yourself apart if you have these skills. And it's not that difficult. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Most of the things here, I think the only thing that would require a lot of capital is to um, have a bookstore, but it depends on how you're doing it. You can have a bookstore in your garage or um, a publishing company. 
but everything else, you basically need your laptop or your already existing business and just offer an extended service. And you're making extra money from publishing. Simple. I like to keep things simple. So, guys, that's what I have for you on um, opportunities in the publishing industry. If you were thinking I'm going to give you complicated things, I'm a very simple girl. Hey, you should see me now. Very simple. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio. Like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio. Use the hashtag Africa. And I would love, I think everyone here would love if we would start some conversations around this on um how it's been for you publishing, how you're contributing to the publishing sector in Africa, and on and on. Now, when I come back from another nice song, because I feel like listening to a song, I'm going to have Chinwe Okoli joining me um, over the phone. And we're going to talk about her work with entrepreneurs and the youth in Nigeria, as well as how it's been for her, because she published a book. Um, She has a book published and, you know, just how it's been for her writing a book, how it's been received. And we get to know if it's true that Africans don't read because I I think we read. Hey, we do. Or maybe people in here read. We read. So stay tuned to Africa Business Radio. From east to west and north to south, for all your latest business news, tune into Business Today in Africa every Monday on Africa Business Radio. Towards a profitable Africa. Welcome to EJ Africa and Africa Business Radio. I am back with my guest. Hey. And then the network starts shim. Anyway, I'm joined now in studio, or over the phone rather, by Chinwe Okoli. She is the pioneer manager of Lion Science Park the first university embedded and internationally recognized science park in Nigeria. She is also the manager of Raw Nigeria Hub and the the first university embedded technology and innovation hub at the University of Nigeria, Nsuka. I, I don't know if I'm saying this right. I always wondered. I see, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did a lot in Chimamanda's books, <laughs> which grooms startups, okay. innovators, creators, in um. Innovators, creators, inventors, and entrepreneurs. Chinwe is the founder of Grand Africa Initiative, a non-governmental organization championing excellence among African youth. She is a prolific writer and author of two books, The Ladder to Academic Excellence and A Daunting Odyssey. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. How's your day so Thank you for having me. It's been going well, thank you. And how are you? I'm it's it's I'm good, but you know, spring is here and I, I feel like I'm getting hay fever or something to do with the flowers coming. Hey, it's quite it's a confusing <laughs> time for me. Well, I'm sure it's something you manage because you've always been there, right? Yeah, but every year it's like a you know, welcome back. <laughs> Now, please, please tell us about the Lion Science Park. Okay. The Lion Science Park, just like you rightly um, read out, is uh, the first university embedded science park in West Africa, in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, uh, the, the idea of science park is pretty new in this, uh, in this country. And so, and uh, the vice chancellor of the University of Nigeria took the bold step to establish the very first science park in Nigeria and within an institution. Okay. And so, at 
Okay. So, and then the Science Park has also been internationally recognized. Uh, just um, just last week, uh, the World 35th World Conference of the Science Park, um, the Lion Science Park was formally recognized and welcomed into the fold of the International, International Association of Science Parks mm-hmm. and Areas of Innovation. Okay. And so what happens at, what's, what we do at Lion Science Park is that we facilitate innovative research and we create technology-based startup enterprises and synergy between the industry, academia, and government. What that means is that at the park, research is, is normally a park that houses research and development departments of various industries, where they come and brainstorm on how to solve problems particular to whatever industry, right, or whatever company. And so why do they actually, why is it best that is in a, in a university like ours? Mm. In the University of Nigeria, for instance, we have um, 215 research groups. These are not individuals, but groups now. Okay. Who make research, who carry out research in various sectors, in different fields. These are experts in different fields. Apart from researchers who carry out individual research, the 215 research groups are out are there to provide solutions to carry out research into whatever problem the industry will have. Do you understand? So whatever problem the companies, the private sector have, they come to 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 these researchers who are in the science park, that's normally is best they do it through their R&D department that's already situated in the science park. So it doesn't require a long travel or a long phone call or a long um, time lag in between. So it shortens the time lag. Instead of looking abroad or going far to find a solution for whatever the problem may be, right there at the science park, you get um, the companies get access to the researchers who give them immediate results to whatever the problems are. Okay. So that's actually what happens at the Lion Science Park. Though right. ours is pretty new, I mean, we're just starting, we're just last week that we just... Um, we just got welcomed into the fold, but it's a long way to go, and it's actually a step in the right direction right. because this is an era of um, innovation, an era of entrepreneurship, and era of um, you know local local content. Right. And this and is actually what Lion Science Park does. How how has your experience how been working with um, youth and entrepreneurs so far? Wow, I can say it's been interesting. <laughs> yes, it's been interesting. Somehow I've been, I just found myself kind of, well, I'm a youth myself. Mm-hmm. Then I found myself picking interest over time um, in activities that concern the youth. So let me just say, working with them as entrepreneurs, as you just asked, um, that's actually largely what I've experienced being in rural Nigeria. All right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, there are many ways to read, many many faces to read, many facets to read. Some youth you find are very very entrepreneurial, very very innovative. They are very determined. They, they 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 work hard. They are just committed to whatever they are doing. On the other hand, you have youth who need all the push you can give. Like you you need to you need to like literally chaperon them right mm. you remind them for those that are in school remind them to study you push them to because they really don't they don't have that drive mm. so working with the youth over time i've learned that um there are some at, at the right uh, ex, uh, extreme right some are at the left and some in between so how you deal with them or how i deal with them over time depends on understand how i understand the individual or the group mm. that i'm working with and it's been interesting and challenging as well 
is it and is i learned way- a lot from me because i'm a youth as well yeah okay is the work Hello? That you, yeah i can hear you is the work that you're doing at um lions science park the same um with the one that you're doing at raw namibia oh raw nigeria yeah i'm used to namibia <laughs> <laughs> actually um they're not the same mm. they're not the same at the raw nigeria front i work with startups young people who are building companies who are trying to innovate create things at the science park we work with a part of the startups yeah who have gotten to a certain level who can prefer solutions to the bigger or established companies that's who have come to the state that they can now solve problems when given um issues right mm. at real nigeria these are people who come up with ideas they want to work on something they just have budding ideas. They don't even know if it will work. So we walk them through developing these ideas, right? Yeah. So we take them through developing these ideas. So what I do at Run Nigeria is entirely different. And um, what I do at, uh, at, uh, at Science Park is different, but they, they are linked because Run Nigeria at the hub feeds the science piece into the science park sort of because we also have startups at the science park, but that's when they've gotten to a certain level, not when they are at the ideation stage. Do you understand? Okay, yeah. Because if the young companies, the young companies are at the are at the science park, right? They are able to interact with the with the more established companies who can in turn give them problems to solve and then they solve these problems and earn some some money or whatever it is they end. Do you understand? So mm. it's like um we form the synergy at the science park, but at the at Royal Nigeria Hub, we groom them. You get. Yeah. We okay. groom them to to bring their ideas to fruition. Okay. Now, okay. This is. Oh, now, why are we disconnected? That's why I. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hello? We were disconnected for a bit. Hello. Here. It looked like I I lost yeah. you. I can hear you. We were disconnected for a bit. Okay. Oh, sorry about that. Yes. Okay. So now this is this is like so an, an interest yeah. an interest. Or personal interest question for me, but why the raw and lion? What's going on with the lions? Is there some significance to this? <laughs> yes, really- yes, yes, of course. That's actually good observation. The University of Nigeria and Suka is actually the host of those two. These two, the, the Royal Nigeria and Lion Science Park, are both within the University of Nigeria and Suka. University of Nigeria and Suka is the first indigenous university in Nigeria, right? So, and it's called the lion's den. Our emblem, our oh, symbol is the lion. Okay, okay. So everything about the, the about university <laughs> revolves around the lion. The graduates are called the uh, super lions. Oh, the undergraduates okay. are lions and lionesses. So, okay. <laughs> so that's actually oh. why. Now it's making sense because really it was really, <laughs> I wanted to know what the fascination <laughs> with lions is. Okay, so let's switch gears for a bit. You've written two books. Yes, yes. What inspired you to become yes. an author? Where where did the book writing come from? Um, okay, I should say at the early stage of my life I really didn't think I was gonna be an author. <laughs> but at some point, um when I graduated from the university, towards my final year in the university, something pushed me. I, I made an observation because while I was in school, I just found myself getting involved with fellow students, some younger, some in my class, just getting into their personal lives, their academic lives, trying to find, I don't know, for some reason it just happened. Mm. But at the end of the day, 
and a few years later, many of them graduated, sending me text messages saying that whatever I said to them, I mean, making reference to my relationship with them and and the mentorship they, they got from me, how it influenced and how it affected them. And so they thought they owe me some gratitude. So I was like, okay, so if someone that made a first class thought I, I, I did something that contributed to his, his uh, success, and some other people that maybe significantly improved in their studies thought whatever I said to them made sense, so that means I could actually reach out to a lot more students who drew a book, all right? So then I, I, I remembered again that in my class, for instance, there were some group of students, about six of them. <laughs> there was something I observed that was unique to or peculiar to all of them. And that what was that? The fact that they all had a smartphone when when we were in school. Of course, then mm. a smartphone wasn't wasn't that um it wasn't the in thing so much as it is now. That was like um five years ago. So, I mean, it was there, but not many students could afford it. So yeah. they had this phone, and they were always chatting, pinging. That was when BlackBerry Ping was was raining. And these six students, none of them graduated with us. And so I felt, okay, maybe I could link what I could link their non graduation, right? Mm. To their their concentration on their phone. Because each time the lecturer came into the class, they would start chatting about the lecturer, the, his dressing or her dress sense or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. just like distracting themselves. So and then I felt uh, okay, if those students thought whatever I said to them made sense, and then these other students, there are still many more students that still behave like them. Maybe they are not aware of what they are doing to themselves. I then went to youth service. I tried out the same methodology. Like I got involved with younger students in secondary school, SS3 and SS2. I always, um, I would give a two hour class, extra class every day, free for them every every Monday to Friday. And then I observed them again and I could, I could actually feel a link between the two. I could see the link between the two. They have similar distractions. They have similar uh, things that motivate them. So I decided that if I could actually say some things to change the norm, right? Mm. To change how, or maybe to point out to youth what they are doing or what they should pay more attention to. Then I could reach out to a lot more students through a book. Mm. And that's actually how my first book, The Ladder to Academic Excellence, came about. Okay. Call it a handsome guide to students and entrepreneurs because the principles are pretty much the same, even if you're a student or you're an entrepreneur. The principles that are written in the books are, are... the same, depending on whatever it is you want to achieve. And so that was actually what led to the first book. Then at some point, I felt, okay, that's a book. And probably I should tell a story because maybe people connect more with the story. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about, I, I then started writing a daunting odyssey. Okay. Telling a story about a Hello. Hello? Did I lose you? Okay. Today it's just, you know. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. (laughs) Okay, so that's how I wrote the second book, The Ladder to Academic Excellence. Mm. The to, I'm sorry, this, the second book, A Daunting Odyssey, that's a story that narrates the ordeal of an African girl child. Mm. Because the, 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 this exposing the society's crude and ugly attitude. But again, 
highlighting how a determined mind can achieve just almost anything in spite of the obstacles because the youth are used to giving so many excuses. You know, you're not doing well in school. He wants to tell you is the, is the government and is the teachers. Mm. They, they, they are never blamed. Most, most times the students, I mean, we always exonerate them. So I told the, the story so that when he picks it up to read, then he, will, he or she will see that he practically has no excuse okay. not to be the best version of him or herself. Right. So this work, uh, that's actually what inspired the two books. Okay. Now, when you are publishing, do you go the self-publishing route or did you get a publishing company? Well, you know, um, publishing as a budding author, it's always difficult to get the traditional publishers look your way. Of course, I submitted uh, at first, I submitted to a couple of uh, uh, traditional publishers. Mm. One of them wrote me saying that they accepted the book. Mm. But then I waited for nine months. I didn't hear from them with my constant follow-up and all that. They said they were looking for what time it would suit and giving excuses. Like that was the time um, Nigerian currency was was like very fluctuating so much. So mm. they were they they were not able to really say, and they wouldn't tell me when they are likely to publish it. Okay. So at some point I had to say, okay, if I need this book out, I think I have to do the self-publishing first. Mm. And that's what I did. Okay. And how was it for you, um, the self-publishing route? Well, the self-publishing route, it's, well, it's not, it's not easy. First of all, raising the money, especially you're a young person and you don't have um, any backup, it's mm. difficult to raise the fund. But my first book, The Letter to Academic Excellence, um, I got to, to the point of, when I got to the point of self-publishing, which you know, I, I really didn't plan, it was difficult for me to do because then I was a youth copper earning 19800 a month. <laughs> and then the, 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 the publisher gave a big bill. You know, I consulted yeah. so many publishers. Their bills were just too much for me to handle. But they wanted I got them. you I was to lucky. pay them. I got them. Yes, yes. Self-publishing in Nigeria, how it works is that you pay. I think elsewhere, not everywhere, not not just in Nigeria, you pay. You pay the publisher. They print the books according to the number you requested, and they hand it over to you. You do the marketing and everything yourself. Oh, so those so are more like vanity actually, ones. Yes, that's actually, I mean, because I, I published also in the United States, it was still a self-publishing. That one, they actually call you to request you to pay some money for them to still to market the book for you. Mm. So everything comes back to you paying. You just, you pay locally, you pay internationally, you pay to market, you pay. So you just pay, just keep paying. Okay. <laughs> so it's actually not an easy route for for a year, for someone who's just starting out. Would you say that's, the biggest, that's the biggest challenge for that's authors in Africa, the publishing Africa. part of it? Um, it's one of the biggest, it's actually a big challenge, but actually the biggest challenge is the marketing part to mm, it. Because yeah. if, if a traditional publishing company publishes your book, they want to market it with all through all their channels and already established contests. Mm. That way, the book gets out fast. Just that you, you don't stand to make much uh, royalty, but it's okay. At least the book is selling, right? Yeah. But when you as a, an author in one part of the country, you just publish the book and they dump it on you, you can only start from your immediate environment. 
maybe submit it on several uh, different places. And I mean, it's not easy. Actually, the marketing is the is the most difficult part. Mm. Marketing a book in in Nigeria, I think in Africa, is actually the difficult thing because one, youth of these days are usually are not. They don't want to read, you know. Mm. <laughs> if you can read it out to them, that's fine. But so they don't want to. They, get they it only want reason. to read. Yes, yes. They, 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 all, they only want to read recommended textbooks in school. Mm. You just find a few persons who want to read extra things because many of them have not even read their their Set books. their costs. <laughs> I mean, their, yes, their textbooks. <laughs> so they, they don't they don't fancy reading just like it was. Or maybe I was told. I mean, people used to read more than now. Mm. But was your, were, were your books well received in the market? Well, well, um, it's still what is still a work in progress. Uh, of course, I've gotten some schools to because here in Nigeria, if you want your book to get out there, you you can only start by getting it approved as a curriculum as part of the curriculum text. Mm-hmm. That's the only way students to be somehow compelled to buy it or it will increase your chance of selling it. So and that's why anybody, if anybody writes, they're just struggling to get it into the YA curriculum or the junior YA curriculum or you know that kind of or the university curriculum. Yeah. So if you get that happen, if you get that done, then you make some you make some sales through that. Mm-hmm. Except uh, so minus that is pretty difficult. So for me is is still a work in progress. I've 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 been able to get some some school to accept it and, and they're using it, but then. I have a. I still have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, but um, with what you've learned so far and what you've been through so far, trying to um, publish your own book, what advice would you give someone contemplating um, writing their own book and publishing? Well, the advice. Well, it depends on. I would say if you want to write, depending on the message you want to communicate, if you have passion for it, then go for it. One thing I know um, from my experience is that writing in Nigeria. Is not a money making. Is not exactly a money making venture. Mm. So if you're looking at writing as a as one way to get rich, then forget it. Yeah. But if you have a message to pass, uh-huh. then you should just and you have a passion for it. Then you should you'll just go ahead and do it. Somehow you find the will to to walk through it. But it's not going to be easy. That's the point. Mm. But as per Profit-making mechanism, just strike that one out. That's why actually in Nigeria, when people write books, they want to do a book lunch. I don't know if they do it over there. They yeah, call for yeah. book lunch, yeah. and then some people come and donate some money. Maybe that's oh. the only way you can recoup the very first, the very first, I mean, the money you used in producing the very first batch. Mm. Do you get Okay. So that's actually the only way. But then it depends. Book launches don't all turn <laughs> turn out as, yeah, as planned. Yeah, actually quite Because depends. some people will come there. Yes. Some people will come and mention some big amount and they will never bring it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't take them to court. No, you, you can't. So, okay. so it's, it's just, um, if you have a passion to write, go ahead and write. Mm-hmm. But... um don't, don't, don't just keep the money thing at the back of just far 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 <laughs> off your mind if it happens fine of course if it happens great, great. like when you when you make it big as an author and your book is it has won some award here and there and uh, and right. is recommended as school text then maybe then you start making some money okay oh wow okay that's great <laughs> advice thank you so much and 
Thank you for joining us on the show today. I don't know why I'm hearing myself. (laughs) But thank you so much for joining us on the show. And um, thank you for the insight that you've shared with us. Um, It was amazing, amazing information. Now, very quickly, if people want to find or buy your books, where do they go? Well, for now, is um, I have it at University of Nigeria Bookshop and a few other bookshops um, around. Like I said, just uh, it's pretty much a work in progress. I'm going to be sharing a whole list um, once it's ready on, okay. on all my social networks. And I'm going to tag you. Um, I'm going to tag your handle um, just so that other listeners who may be interested will get it. But then we're working on having them all online. It was online, but I withdrew for some some um, official reasons. So, but okay. it's going to get back online in, in in a bit. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining the show. We have to end our interview because of time, but it was quite interesting, and I really hope everything that you're planning with the Lion Science Park and Raw Nigeria. All these lions, <laughs> and as well as your book, I hope everything goes really well. And I hope to get you back in the studio when you know maybe you're having a South African book launch. <laughs> yeah, of course, um, with you, of course, can we can arrange that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we can arrange. That. All right, thank you so much. Um, that was Chinwe Okoli joining us over the phone she's all the way in nigeria and she was just telling about us about the work that she's doing um with raw nigeria with um the lion science park as well as her experience as an author um remember to follow us on twitter at africa biz radio like our facebook page africa business radio and always use the hashtag ejerry africa now we're going to go on a very quick break and when we come back i'm going to give you some online platforms you can use to self-publish your book in case you're wondering Where's this going? Eh? Where do we put it? Stay tuned to Africa Business Radio. Exploring the African narrative, leading the conversation, and enlightening our listeners. Africa Business Radio, towards a profitable Africa. Welcome back to EJ Africa on Africa Business Radio. Um, now I've come to the end of the show, which is very sad. It's quite sad for me too. Um, but I want to give you a quick list of um, places or platforms rather that you can use to self-publish your book if you're thinking of, okay, I want to sell it on my own, but where do you go? The first and probably obvious one is Amazon Kindle. Um, this is for direct publishing. I read a lot of books on, on Kindle. Um, there are a lot of audio books as well on the platform. And it's the largest online source for ebooks. And it has the largest um, self publishing arm with um, Kindle Direct Publishing. So this is also available on iOS, um, Apple Store, and um, on Android and a lot more. So if you just want to know about it, um, just Google Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing. It's free and you can get up to 70% royalties on sales. That is 
the kind of money that we're talking about when we do this. There's iBooks Author, and this is for, you know, the people with the MacBooks. Um, you can download a free iBooks Author app and create your own book using um, Apple's library of templates and other useful design tools and you can publish your ebook and offer it for purchase or free download on the iBook store. If you don't have an i i Mac or i whatever device that needs this you can still do this um with Google Play on your Android device and it takes um all your titles on your Android devices and puts it on Google Books. And um, there's a Google Play Books Partner Center. And on this platform, you can upload your book, um, set your own prices, sell to customers all around the world. And I think this one would be um, even much better to use in Africa, seeing that we have more Androids than Apple users in Africa. Like everyone has a Samsung at some point. (laughs) And um, you can also try to use Blurb. It allows you to publish and upload um, your ebook from Bookwrite or even um, Adobe. So you can publish your, um, you can upload it, you can design it from there or you can um, upload it as a PDF and it will convert it into an ebook layout for 10 US dollars, which is very affordable for those of you who can't afford um, a designer to, you know, lay out the book. 10 US dollars. I think that's the cheapest you're going to get this. Uh, You can also use CreateSpace and it's a member of the Amazon group of companies and it offers you free tools to design your book and also to publish your book. Um, You can also use Smashwords that allows you to publish your ebook um, to a variety of sources, including the Smashwords store, iBooks, Barnes & Noble for those in the West, Kobo and Script. And you can earn up to 85% on sales of your book using this. The last one, which is quite common, is Shopify. And it's a popular e-commerce solution that allows you to easily sell and manage orders of your ebook. Some of the Shopify features include professionally designed store templates, order processing and analytics. And the pricing for this starts from $29 US per month, which... It's also quite fair. Now, that's all I have for you on today's show. Um, We explored um, self-publishing versus traditional publishing, what it is, the pros, the cons. And we touched on vanity publishing, which was confirmed. It's quite popular in Africa. You know those publishers who ask you to pay them for you to publish the book. We explored the opportunities in the publishing industry, business opportunities. We had Chinwe Okoli in calling in in studio from Nigeria to tell us about the work that she's doing with youth and entrepreneurs in Nigeria, as well as her experience in publishing her two books. And finally, I just gave you some publishing sites that you can use to self-publish your book and as well as to distribute it and design. I really hope you enjoyed today's show. I will be back again next week Wednesday with another exciting show. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Africa Biz Radio, like our Facebook page, Africa Business Radio, and always use the hashtag EJRAfrica if you have any questions, comments, request interviews. Um, you can send an email to info at africabusinessradio.com. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Africa is not a country. It is not one big homogenous market. It is filled with thriving and some of the world's fastest growing economies. To find out more, log on to www.africabusinessradio.com. 
Africa Business Radio. Towards a profitable Africa.